What's going on guys, this is Jim Ferreira, editor and commentator for Elephant in the Room, and today I'm about to get busy because I wanna talk about the Mueller report, what we know, what we don't know, and what people are expecting out of this, and I hope you do not get your hopes up thinking that President Trump is going to go to jail and be imprisoned or anything like that because no, that's not gonna fucking happen. President Trump, according to the what we know so far about the Mueller report, he's innocent. No one is getting indicted. Not one single person is being indicted by the Mueller report, which proves one thing, that Democrats have been lying for the last two years, which we've already known that. We knew that about the fake dossier. So um, I want to actually read uh, Attorney General William Barr's four-page summary so that I can clear the air so that people who are still on the fence about things and not sure and still praying for collusion. No, I want to clarify to you that there is no collusion. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Dear Chairman Graham, Chairman Nadler, Ranking Member Feinstein and Ranking Member Collins, as a supplement to the notification provided on Friday, March 22, 2019, I am writing today to advise you of the principal conclusions reached by Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller III and to inform you about the status of my initial review of the report he has prepared. Okay, and this is the first page of the Special Counsel's report. On Friday... The special counsel submitted to me a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions he has reached as required by 28 CFR 600.8C. This report is entitled Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. Although my review is ongoing, I believe that it is in the public interest to describe the report and to summarize the principal conclusions reached by the special counsel and the results of the investigation. The report explains that the special counsel and his staff thoroughly investigated allegations that members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump and others associated with it conspired with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere in the 2016 U.S. presidential election or sought to obstruct the related federal investigations. In the report, the special counsel noted that, in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysis, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, issued almost 50 order authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. The special counsel obtained a number of indictments and convictions of individuals and entities in connection with his investigation, all of which have been publicly disclosed. During the course of his investigation, the special counsel also referred several matters to other offices for further action. The report does not recommend any further indictments, nor did the special counsel obtain any sealed indictments that have yet to be made public. Below, I summarize the principal conclusions set out to special counsel report. Now we're on to page two, and uh, page two is titled Russian Interference in the 2016 U.S. Presidential Election. The special counsel report 
is divided into two parts. The first describes the results of the special counsel's investigation into Russian interference in, in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The report outlines the Russian effort to influence the election and documents crimes committed by persons associated with the Russian government in connection with those efforts. The report further explains that a primary consideration for the special counsel's investigation was whether was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russian conspiracies to influence the election, which would be a federal crime. The special counsel's investigation did not find that Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Okay, again, basically laying it out right there. I had to stop for a second because he's, he's saying there's no collusion. I'll, I'll read it one more time. The special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. As the report states, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. The special counsel's investigation determined that there were two main Russian efforts to influence the 2016 election. The first involved attempts by a Russian organization, the Internet Research Agency, IRA, to conduct disinformation and social media operations in the United States designed to sow social discord, eventually with the aim of interfering with the election. As noted, as noted above, the special counsel did not find that any U.S. person or Trump campaign official or associate conspired or knowingly coordinated with the IRA in its efforts. Although the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian nationals and entities in connection with these activities. The second element involved the Russian government's efforts to conduct computer hacking operations designed to gather and disseminate information to influence the election. The special counsel found that Russian government actors successfully hacked into computers and obtained emails from persons affiliated with the Clinton campaign and Democratic Party organizations and publicly disseminated those materials through various intermediaries, including WikiLeaks, based on the activities, the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian military officers for conspiring to hack into computers in the United States for purposes of in influencing the election. But as noted above, the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from the Russian affiliate individuals to assist the Trump campaign. In assessing potential conspiracy charges, the, sp the special counsel also considered whether members of the Trump campaign coordinated with Russian election interference activities. The special counsel defined coordination as an agreement, tactic, or express between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. The report's second part addresses a number of actions by the president, most of which have been the subject of public reporting that the special counsel investigated as potentially raising obstruction of justice concerns after making a thorough factual investigation 
Into these matters, the special counsel considered whether to evaluate the conduct under department standards governing prosecution and declination decisions, but ultimately determined not to make a traditional, a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The special counsel, therefore, did not draw a conclusion, one way or the other, as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. Instead, for each of the relevant actions investigated, the report sets out evidence on both sides of the question and leaves unresolved what the special counsel views as difficult issues of law and fact concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. The special counsel states that, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. The special counsel's decision to describe the facts of his obstruction investigation without reaching any legal conclusions leaves it to the attorney general to determine whether the conduct described in the report constitutes a crime. Over the course of the investigation, the special counsel's office engaged in discussions with certain department officials regarding many of the legal and factual matters at issue in the special counsel's obstruction investigation. After reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with the department's officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our, char that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. There we go. There was no obstruction of, gov uh, of justice. So that's the other thing that Democrats were hoping would be a backup. And now that's out the window. Our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president. In making this determination, we noted that the special counsel recognized that the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to Russian election interference, and that while not determinative, the absence of such evidence bears upon the, president, the president's intent with respect to obstruction. Generally speaking, to obtain and sustain an obstruction conviction, the government would need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a person acting with corrupt intent engaged in obstructive conduct with a sufficient nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding. In cataloging the president's actions, many of which took place in public view, the report identifies no actions that, in our judgment, constitute obstructive conduct. Had a nexus to a pending or a contemplated proceeding and were done with corrupt intent each of which under the department's principles of federal prosecution guiding charging decisions would need to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to establish an obstruction of justice offense. Status of department's review. The relevant regulations contemplate that the special counsel's report will be a confidential report to the attorney general. As I have previously stated, however, I am mindful of the public interest in this matter. For that reason, my goal and intent is to release as much of the special counsel's report 
as I can consistent with applicable law, regulations, and department policies. Based on my discussions with special counsel and my initial review, it is apparent that the report contains material that is or could be subject to federal rule of criminal procedure, which imposes restrictions on the use and disclosure of information relating to matters occurring before a grand jury. Generally, limits disclosure of certain grand jury information in a criminal investigation and prosecution. Disclosure of material beyond the strict limits set forth in the rule is a crime in certain circumstances. The restriction protects the integrity of grand jury proceedings, ensures that the unique and Invaluable investigative powers of the grand jury are used strictly for their intended criminal justice function. Given these restrictions, the schedule for processing the report depends in part on how quickly the department can identify the material that by law cannot be made public. I have requested the assistance of the special counsel in identifying all information contained in the report as quickly as possible, separately I also must identify any information that could impact other ongoing matters, including those that the special counsel has referred to other offices. As soon as the process is complete, I'll be in a position to move forward expeditiously in determining what can be released in light of applicable law, regulations, and departmental policies. As I've observed in the initial notification, the special counsel regulations provide that the Attorney General may determine that public release of notifications to your, to your respective committees would be in the public's interest. I have so determined and will disclose this letter to the public after delivering it to you. Sincerely, William P. Barr, Attorney General. Okay, so that four-page summary is basically, basically con- concludes that The Democrats have been selling a two-year-long false narrative, and uh, I think they all knew it. Um, I don't think it was a surprise to anybody. Um, I think what they were trying to do and what they're going to try to do when they get the actual report is try to pick anything they can out of it, if they can worded a certain way or they find something that's worded a certain way that they can use it with a with a different meaning and then they can find another investigation that they can open on the president. They have all these investigations and no one has found anything in 2 years. All these different investigations that they've done on the president. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been critical on the president before. I don't like that he tweets all the damn time because a lot of times he says stupid shit. But at the same time, that's very light in comparison on what the accusations are being thrown against him. So a lot of times people can overlook the dumb shit that Donald Trump says. Um, but with that thought, I think it's kind of okay to kind of overlook some of the dumb shit that Donald Trump says. I mean, cause you kind of expect it from the guy. I don't expect Donald Trump to get on Twitter and turn into Albert Einstein. Um, I expect him to be Donald J. Trump and he's going to say some Donald J. Trump things from his perspective and that's okay. Um, but I just think the amount of 
the amount of hate and division that Democratic Party has caused over the last two years. And yes, it's been the Democratic Party who has caused this division. Um, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. And the party is getting farther and farther left. Um, you have people like Nancy Pelosi who have absolutely no control over her new freshmen. The freshman class is running the party, and the extreme left is... They're, I mean, they're steering the ship. They're steering the ship. Um, I just hope that Nancy can get control of her party, but I don't know how long she'll be Speaker of the House, so uh, she's not really in good with the freshman class. So I'm sure that they'll figure a way to uh, get her replaced. All right, guys, we got to go to a quick break, um, but hang tight because when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, President Trump and how he basically is calling out the Democrats for being anti-Israel. Basically, they're not showing a lot of love to the Jews. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Do you feel alone, yet you only surround yourself with people who think entirely like you? Do you find yourself listening to Celine Dion as you cry yourself to sleep at night? Do you say things online that would potentially get your ass kicked in real life if you said it to the receiver's face in person? Do you have a hard time getting over your losses? Then you might be suffering from TDS. Studies show that 5 out of 10 liberals suffer from Trump derangement syndrome and 10 out of 10 progressives. It may lead to extreme mood swings, often resulting in unnecessary violence to people who say things you don't like, silencing others, shouting illogical or immoral ideas, and the overbearing need of a safe space to cope with your imaginary anxiety. Do you want it all to just go away? Well, ask your doctor about reality. Reality is the number one drug that makes you think, wow, it's just not that fucking bad. Reality can help you grow the fuck up. Take responsibility of your own actions and learn how the economy actually works. Some side effects of reality are, you might realize you're not as entitled or as special as you once thought you were. You might take responsibility of a life that you create instead of murdering him or her out of convenience. You might realize that people are only born with two genders and that sex and gender are actually synonymous. And you could find yourself voting for people who have an incentive to make you wealthier. If you're tired of having to backpedal on things you once believed because your party can't get its shit together, ask your doctor today about reality. Reality. Wake the fuck up. Alright guys, welcome back to the show and uh... Yeah, we're going to talk about President Trump basically blasting the Democrats for being anti, you know, anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic, whatever you want to call them. They are that. They very much are that. Um, and they're not even trying to hide it, really. And uh, but last Friday, President Trump was speaking at the White House and uh, he basically blasted them and said that they are anti-Semitic, that they're anti-Israel. Um but he goes on to say uh, he doesn't know what happened to the party, but he believes the left has become anti-Jewish. The Democrats have very much proven to be anti-Israel. There's no question about that. And it's a disgrace. 
I mean, I don't know what happened to them, but they are totally anti-Israel. Frankly, I think they are anti-Jewish. Now, um, you know, Trump is basically, he's been on their ass about this ever since Omar got into the news about her anti-Semitic uh, statements that she had made on Twitter and comments and uh, how she defended herself or didn't even attempt to defend herself in the last time. She just was like, yeah, I said it. And President Trump basically condemned uh, Congresswoman Omar for giving a weak apology after, you know, both parties condemned her over her apparent anti-Semitic comments. But we have to remember that um, Congresswoman Omar isn't alone in this. Uh, you know, Congresswoman uh, Rashida Tlaib also is an anti-Semite, and they've both been tweeting for years anti-Semitic shit. Um, so it's not a surprise that either of them or one of them got caught up in this shit and that uh, someone is trying to hold them accountable for their words. But the sad thing is that the Democrats backed uh, Congresswoman Omar, you know, when they wrote the resolution that didn't call her out for the shit that she had said. Um, but now Democrats are significantly solidifying the fact that they are anti-Israel uh, after Democrat leaders of the party condemned the administration for recognizing Golan Heights as Israel territory. And now we see tons of Democrats pulling out of the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC, uh, the APAC event due to organizations pro-Israel position. So, again, they're not trying to hide this. Um, they're doubling down, which, I mean, for the last two years, that's all Democrats have done is double down even when they're blatantly wrong. Um, they just double down, double down, double down. They're like, fuck, we fucked up. What do we do? Double down. Um, and it, I think it's, I think it's going to hurt them a lot, uh, as the elections get closer and, uh, people start casting their votes. Um, I think, I think it's going to impact Democrats heavily, um, especially, uh, amongst the Jewish population. Uh, as most people don't know, uh, a lot, most of the Jews actually vote Democrat. Most Jews in America, about 75% of Jews in America actually vote Democrat. They don't vote Republican. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to understand why, um, because most Jews don't live their lives like a liberal. They're most Jews by nature are very conservative. Um, but the real reason why is because most Jews are secular Jews in America. So they don't actually follow religious principle. They're just Jewish by ethnicity. And uh, because of that, they tend to be more liberal. Um, but Orthodox Jews, Jews who actually uh, study and actually uh, follow their religion, tend to be more conservative. But all this anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party has started a new movement, the Jexodus movement. Um, Elizabeth Pipko actually started the Jexodus movement, and uh, she's even got support from President Trump. Uh, President Trump actually tweeted about it. Now, Jexodus is a movement that advocates for Jews to leave the Democratic Party, basically, um, because, well, they're a bunch of raging racist assholes, apparently. Um, 
not liberals, not liberals in general, not the voter base, but, you know, your officials that you elected into office, they apparently are anti-Semitic shitbags. And uh, I guess they're starting to actually see results from this movement where um, they're actually bringing, you know, liberal Jews over onto the Republican side. I think that's actually pretty positive. But besides the Democrat Party's uh, anti-Semitic views to tack on to their new socialist agenda, um, if you're a conservative, this should make your hair stand up, what I'm about to tell you. Um, Democrats are openly talking about packing the courts. Okay? Now, for people who don't know what that means, um, generally, historically, we've always had nine justice in the Supreme Courts. Sometimes we've had we've had as many as ten, sometimes we've had less, but generally we've always had nine justices, nine Supreme Court justices. Well, unfortunately, there's not a rule or a limit to how many Supreme Court justices you can actually have. So Democrats are now vowing that when they take office, if they take office, if Donald Trump loses the election, that they will pack the courts with as many Supreme Justices as they want. Democratic Supreme Justices. Even Elizabeth Warren has said that if she were elected president, she would be for packing the courts. Um, Now, the most I've heard is five. They want to add five additional Supreme Court Justices. What this would do is tip the balance in the Supreme Court to the Democratic favor And with five additional uh, Democrat-selected Supreme Court justices that could be there for life, essentially, um, that would give them uncontrollable power. Because the one thing that people have to understand about uh, conservative judges and uh, liberal judges is that uh, liberal judges, they vote. Um, conservative judges, they uh, they tend to actually uh, judge. Conservative judges interpret the Constitution as it was written, and liberal judges tend to bend the Constitution in their favor. I, I honestly hope that this doesn't come true, because... <clears throat> If Democrats have the ability to do that and they got into office and they packed the courts, um, then we could start hearing and seeing things like uh, Medicare for all, um, free college, free everything. And as everyone knows, socialism doesn't work and only makes the country poorer. Um, But for some reason, that's what Democrats are going for. Um, These could be things that are actually brought up and put on the table and guns, uh, disarming Americans. Um, Do you have a constitutional right to defend yourself? Because a liberal would argue that you don't. A liberal would argue that that's not what your right is for. Or that you even have a right. Some Democrats don't even believe that you have a right uh, for self-preservation. So that that is a big deal that Democrats are plotting to do this, that they're and they're open about it. They're openly plotting to pack the courts 
and take advantage of the system. Now, I think the thing that they need to be careful with that is just because they do it and they think that they're winning, they have to remember that at this time, there still is no, there is no set number of Supreme Court justices that you can have. So the next Republican president that got in office could do the same exact thing. He could start packing the houses. And before you know it, we got 50, 60 judges being paid off taxpayer salaries um, with taxpayer dollars. And it's, it's it becomes ridiculous. It's unnecessary to have that many Supreme Court justices. But I think if Democrats do that, I think that's the that's the trail that is going to be created. All right, guys, now let's talk about the effect of illegal immigration on taxpayers currently. Um, Today, we have spent $659 million on illegal immigration. There has been 184,000 illegal immigrants that have crossed in 2019, and the total cost this year is $61 billion. Total illegal aliens in the United States right now, 25,942,000. Of course, these estimates are provided by the Center of, of Immigration Studies, Department of Homeland Security, Federation for American Immigration Reform, Institute for Defense Analysis, Yale, and MIT. As you can tell, illegals are still soaking up yours and my tax dollars, and uh, I just, I'm so glad that uh, we're going to have that wall built finally. All right, guys, I got to follow Mueller's lead on this one. Uh, I finished my report. Now I have to dip. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can reach me on Facebook. That's Jim Ferreira 91. Um, that's Jim F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A 91. Or you can reach me on Twitter, Jim Ferreira 90. Or you can subscribe to my website, elephantintheroomtalk.net. I got to give a shout out to Anchor for providing a platform for people like me. If you want to start your own podcast, possibly, or if you just want to tune in to other people's podcasts, you can go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. We are Elephant in the Room. Jim Ferreira signing out.